It's Wizard Team, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast for Harry Potter. Um, each week we are discussing a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast, um, so just know that it's spoiler-heavy. I don't know. Just Y'all know what happened in Harry yeah. Potter. Don't be. Don't act if, brand new. And if you didn't, then you shouldn't be. This isn't for you. Also, if you didn't, get your ass to a library. Go read the book. Go read all the books. And then we'll and be then here. come back. We'll be here for you. Yeah, we can, you know. We'll be here for you. But we'll wait. not for you now. I'm Robin. Well, yeah, I'm Bayana. We didn't <laughs> even get to that. We didn't, we didn't talk about who we are. I'm Robin. We're really excited to just get in here, guys. Um, it's going to be a weird one today. I can already feel it. I can feel it. I'm drinking a Sonic Screwdriver, so yeah. I know I'm... <laughs> Bayana's drinking booze. We just listened to we the just... act one of Hamilton. Man, the man was nonstop. This is going to be a Hamilton appreciation episode. Don't say that and then it not be one. That it's going to be one. <laughs> that would be um, out of pocket if it just all of a sudden we like never brought it up again. Listen. We probably will, but I just don't want to make any promises. I am not throwing away my shot. Ayo, I'm just like this book. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. Is that what this book is? Yes. <laughs> it's young, scrappy, and hungry. It's just, we're, you know. It's not the monster book of monsters. No, it's book one. You're, like, just getting into an entire world. Because J.K. Rowling, man, that witch was nonstop. Also. Okay, we can't do it, like, every two seconds because then it'll be corny. Okay, but also, um, we're about to go through chapter eight. Of, <laughs> um, <laughs> this, is, this is why we have a y'all. script. Because otherwise we get confused. <laughs> y'all. Like, what do we say? What do we not say? I have no idea. It's not a script. Script, it's a, it's an outline. Yeah, it's just a, the beginning is a script, low-key. Yeah. Just the introduction. Anywho, we're about to read chapter eight. The Potions Master. And by the time this weekend is over, I'm going to be reading the third Robert Galbraith Cormoran Strike book. And I'm oh, wait. super excited oh, about wait. it. Three wait. days. Well, it said three days on Friday. So that? two days today and yet. one day tomorrow and then Monday. Well, shit, I gotta get on that. Thank you for that. That's some news that nobody said. Um, I we'll just... say it again in the news. Um, okay. So let's get into the announcement. Um, we want this podcast to be interactive. Uh, you don't have to be as crazy as we are, but you know, we would like for you to share your thoughts and your feelings about each chapter that we're talking about. So please feel free to email us, Facebook us, or tweet to us. And if you tweet, use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter and follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Do you want to draw about it? Do you want to sing about it? Do you want to We will never be create... free till we end slavery. I was going to say, well, what does slavery have to do with it? Is it because we're black? It's the Hamilton part. Uh, the Hamilton. I was about to, I was right about to, I was right, I was in there. I oh. was about to do it. And then you went on some whole other stuff. I'm sorry. I'm really tired, too. Um, oh, do you want to write a whole Broadway musical about it? You can do that and submit it to us, and we will put it on our blog. Um, we're working on a project called Hogwarts BSU. It's a collection of stories, fan art, and etc. 
um, illustrating what it would be, and et cetera, illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. Um, if you would like to submit, check out the website for guidelines. You can also, like, tweet us if you have um, questions. You can email us if you have questions. Or if you want to, like, send an outline or, like, a rough draft or, like, whatever stage you are, you're in um, and you want, like, feedback or, like, pointers or anything. I'm think we're thinking about, like, doing, like, some kind of workshop thing to, like, get people to, you know, get your ideas. Yeah, like a writer's group. Yeah, something like that. Um so once that's fully formed, we'll announce it in a better way. But that might also happen. So yeah, so if you want to submit, just like hit us up, check out the guidelines. Um, we're really looking forward to your pieces. Also subscribe to our newsletter every week, usually on a Friday. Sometimes people be slacking, but you know, sometimes people have jobs and lives and, <laughs> and Broadway musicals that take a big chunk of their time, you know? But anyway, we every week, we share nerd news and links about what's been going on and what we've been excited about and what we're really into. Um, so if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. Go to blackgirlsnerdout.com, subscribe, and then wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Robin doesn't hesitate. She makes no mistakes. She makes that newsletter every day, and we keep living anyway. That was pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Bravo. Bravo. Dumbledore clap. <laughs> <laughs> music. Ah, oh, music. Okay. <laughs> A power stronger than any we Magic do here. we do here. Um, also, follow us at We Black and Nerds on Twitter and Tumblr, and then follow us at Black Girls, or like us at Black Girls Nerd Out on Facebook. And follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Nerd Out. Um, if you want. <laughs> this is um, a snippet of how we are, but we are also sometimes much more reasonable. Also, I mean, I think other episodes have been way more reasonable. I think we yeah. just, like, are coming down from a Hamilton high, and so it's a lot of giggling. And we had mac and cheese. Oh, God, the mac and cheese is so... Shout out to Homeroom 510 in Oakland. You're giving them a, like... I don't care. Look, if you, we are going to think about doing, having sponsors at some point. Some we're talking. Yeah. And you can sponsor us. If anyone here knows anyone that works at Homeroom 510, you can sponsor us in mac and cheese. That is a good way to be sponsored. And, and biscuits and honey. And those little homemade Oreo things. Those are good too. Okay. So let's dive into what's happening in the Potter fandom right now. First thing, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has finally cast people of color. Um, and I should say, like in parentheses, that some of this news is from like last week and not this week, as if you had listened to the last episode, which you probably have because this is like, it's important to, if you're listening to this episode, anyway, you would know that we like skipped a week in terms of when we recorded. Carmen Ajogo and Gemma Chan have been cast for, um, I think it's the second Fantastic Beast, right? Yeah, I don't, we don't it's know. Of, um, I don't think it's the one. Yeah, we don't know that. if people of color in this current, the are in the first installment of the series, but um, they have been cast and we know for sure that they will appear in the second installment of, it's supposed to be a trilogy, correct? Yep. So they, um, yeah, good casting news. We also learned that, um, Homeboy, Hellboy, what's his name? Dude. Oh, I Home forgot dude. his name. He's awesome. You know who I'm talking about. Hellboy. 
Hellboy was cast too, guys, and that was exciting. <laughs> um, I can look at it right now. It's all right. Shout out to Google. Shout out to Google. Hellboy. Um, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. He's also in Fantastic Beasts. And we're excited about it. Okay. Um, Sirius Black's birthday is November 3rd. Shout out to the Scottish rugby team for giving us that. Way to pull it out, guys. Oh, yeah. Real talk. Um, and... Um, um, it makes so much sense that he's a Scorpio, but that's another thing. Um, Harry Potter Illustrated. We got those in the mail. They're awesome. Woo! That dragon. Woo! The picture of the, like, portrait of Harry... Is now my screensaver on my phone, <laughs> on like my my home screen. I hung out with what our co-host Aminata all day today, and she talked about a flying motorcycle every chance she could get. So, because she's a pot, she's a Potterhead in the making. She's Potterhead in training. Um, but yeah, I was super excited. I was so sad because I got my book and then I had to go to work, and I was like, but I, but. Come on now, y'all. And I had to go be an adult. And that was not fun. That sucks. I know. Sucks for you. Yeah, it did. Um, okay, so this is like <laughs> a really interesting thing. So there's this thing called the Ravenclaw Reader. How do I not know about um, this? I'm trying to remember where I found this found out about this. Maybe it was Twitter. Um, but it's like this basically it's like this book and it's like full of essays and critiques. From the St. Andrews University Harry Potter Conference, which is a thing I did not know about. How did I not know about that? I have no idea. I don't know how I didn't know either. But we about to um, do... So, if anyone has essays and critiques about Harry Potter, check out this conference, I guess. We have a few. Maybe we should submit to give a talk and then they can pay for us. I'm sure I have, like, hella stuff that I haven't written that could be, like, real... um, Academic-like? Yeah, because I just got out of... School. I've been. I'm an, I was an English major. I just write hella shit. Yeah. But anyway, so there's like this reader, and so you can like get like the. They just publish like the readers. So you can like read what other people were talking about, thinking about in terms of Harry Potter, which is cool. Um, new news today. Um, J.K. Rowling's favorite chapter of the entire Harry Potter series is um, chapter thirty four of the Deathly Hollows, the forest again. So that's when. Um, Harry goes to, um, he basically goes to confront, confront Voldemort. And I'm pretty sure that's the chapter where he, like, does, uses the resurrection stone when mm-hmm. he opens the snitch and then he sees his parents and Sirius and Remus. She's just, All the I tears. completely understand why that's her favorite chapter. Now that I think about it, that might yep. be mine too. <laughs> Possibly. It's, a, I'm, it's, I, it's very it's hard. Character. Like, it's already hard enough to say, like, my favorite book. I mean, I, I now got, I know which one it is. Actually, and I kind of waffle. I waffle between. I know which one mine is. I waffle between Order of the Phoenix and Prisoner of Azkaban. I thought Half-Blood Prince was yours for a minute. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta, I'm, yeah, no. Mm, I like, oh. No, Order of the Phoenix and Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, but yeah, if you want me to break it down by chapter, you're doing t- like, that's too, that's too hard. I think by the end of this, we'll be able to maybe. That's too hard. I can probably figure it out. Why do we have to? We don't have to, but. Why are some choices, some choices don't need to be made. Whatever. <laughs> I think it might be fun to think about. I mean, I'm sure it could be fun to think about, but. I mean, obviously things can change. It's like. Hamilton, for example, mm-hmm. where you have a favorite song, and then you listen to 
the whole thing over again, and then they're all your favorite song. Yeah. So then somebody asks, what's your favorite part about Hamilton? And you just go, Alexander Hamilton through Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. 46 songs. I'm just going to say you're not. Guns and ships. And then the balance shifts. Shout out to the woman who did um, sign language to guns and ships. I'm I can find you right now. I mean, we we tweeted a little bit on Twitter. Girl, you gave me so much life. I just I've seen it so many times. And the cipher. Um, I just wanted to remind you that you're not one part of the cast of Hamilton. So you're gonna go back and try to edit this and be like, damn. Just want to let you know. I know I'm running on your parade. She's staring at me like she thinks that I'm she wants, for the ladies she wants in our to history. Be... We know the founding fathers, but the mothers are a mystery. Okay, but my name is Renee. I'm saying all this to say that you are, were not blessed with <laughs> the, the vocal cords of a Leslie Odom Jr. or of even Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda, even. Or Philippa Sue, or any of them. Or Renee school. Yes, none of them. But my name's Renee. But again, your name is not your vocal cords. They're not the same. You sure? Yeah. You sure? I'm just trying to help you out. All right. I, yeah, all right. Let's talk about Harry Potter. If we must. Um, Because that's important. <laughs> it's kind of why we're that's here. That's why we're here in the first place. Oh, one day, one day we'll have a Hamilton podcast where we just talk about Hamilton and how it changed. When I get to the, when I get to the Richard Rogers, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's. That's okay. the theater. I okay, just need to go through the show. I'm just saying because you you've turned this into. We <laughs> just turned this into Hamilton team, and we're only on <laughs> episode eight. Hamilton team. Uh it's just I'm not. We're gonna get into it. We're- Chapter eight: The Potions Master. Um, so we're gonna start from the beginning. <laughs> um, so basically, we open up this chapter with um, people are basically just like talking about Harry while he's there. We basically open up this chapter confirming what Robin said last episode when they were treating him like a trophy and one Bayana tried to get off Raggy and be like, no, that's not it. Even though she knew that was it. I, I admitted that I knew that I was know, it. I know, I know. But I just I just like to stand up for the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, okay, anyway. So yeah, so they're like, there, look, where? Next to the tall kid with the red hair. Um, wearing the glasses? Did you see his face? Did you see his scar? Um, whispers followed Harry from the moment he left his dormitory the next day. So it's just like very clearly, um, I guess this time it's showing rather than like telling us that all these kids grew up knowing and like learning about Harry Potter and hearing about him and he's famous and then all of a sudden they get to see him and they get to go to school with him and they're like, what? Like, this is so great. Like, who's this kid? And they're like, you know, it's a celebrity status in a thing in something that he doesn't care for. Like it says after that, Harry wished they wouldn't because he was trying to concentrate on finding his way to classes. So he's totally like on a whole other like mind. His, his mindset is totally on a different like level and on a different um, 
He's worried about different things than they are. I mean, he's worried, I mean, as far as first years go. That's what I mean. He's worried about the same things that first years are with the added pressure of... Of people, like, staring at him and talking about him and, like, yeah. Yeah, so not fun. Um, there are 142 staircases at Hogwarts, and not all... I like that transition, all... sorry. I wrote that I like that transition, that it goes from, like, like all this pressure and stuff to just, like, I need to find my classes, and then it immediately goes into, like, how ridiculous Hogwarts is. Yes. 142 staircases at Hogwarts, and not a single one of them has any chill. Sweeping <laughs> ones, narrow ones, rickety ones, some that led somewhere different on a Friday, really... I was just like, I put next really? line, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Why would that, why would that be? Some with the vanishing step halfway up so that you had to remember to jump. And we know that poor Neville has broken his ankle already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine. I am I am not blessed with what one would call coordination. <laughs> and I just feel like this, it's too much. It's, it's too much. Lot, and it's a lot to, like, remember, too. Yeah. You got to remember to jump halfway through. Yeah, we find patterns and shit. And am, like, is, this, right. is this the Friday froggy? Is this the froggy Friday staircase? Right. Like, what day is it today? Um, some doors you had to tickle in the exact right place for them to open. Some doors weren't even doors. They were just pretending. Like... Hogwarts, get your shit together. And then Harry's like, I can't even make, um, I can't even figure out where I'm going by having landmarks because I know these goddamn statues of armor just getting up and walking around. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't over there yesterday. You were in, you were in the third hall corridor. Right. Come on. And then the ghosts don't help. They just get to walk through a door you're trying to open. They just get to go wherever. Yeah. Um, nearly headless Nick is like helpful. But then Peeves is not. Peeves is a problem. <laughs> He's like the worst. So Also, shout out to JK because I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm a big fan of alliteration. And Peeves the Poltergeist, Nearly Headless Nick. Like, she's got it. Oh, she's good. Yeah, she has a lot of that. Actually. She's good. Like, yeah. Phileas Flitwick, happy birthday. Remember from McGonagall. Yeah, she's so good. Like, yeah, there's a lot of that. I didn't even think about that. Um... I love how Peeves yells, gotcha conk. Gotcha conk! He's a problem. Um, And then even worse than Peeves was the caretaker, Argus Filch. Um, Which I really like, as like somebody who is really into Game of Thrones, (laughs) like, I, I hate Filch more than I should because of Walter Frey. And also... Like... Ugh, it's the worst. This is a set of, also like Game of Thrones. Well, no, but yes. It's a book, not a movie. Could have been cast by, like, anyone could have played Anyone, but he plays a lot of horrible people in general. Yeah, he and does. And then he had to play Walter Frey, who was, like, the worst person ever, 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 ever. Yeah. To Paige, other than Dolores Umbridge. And so... Yeah. It's, Ooh. It's hard to, it's hard to, like, separate them. Even though, like, Phil's has been around, like, my whole childhood, and I just started reading about Walter Frey like two years ago. Still, that character is horrible. Um, um, so I have something I want to talk about and I wrote about in my notes. So Filch, we come to find out later, is a squib and mm-hmm. he has like quick magic and stuff. So he's obviously like not open about being a squib. 
And um, shout out to Dumbledore for giving a squib a chance and yeah, having him, you know, still be involved in the magical world. But Miss Norris is obviously a magical cat. So I was just kind of wondering what have you thought about what their relationship is like and like how Miss Norris found Filch or how Filch found Miss Norris and um, if magical creatures ever like become close to muggles or non-magical folk and how that works. Yeah, I um, feel like I read Why something about... Why was Colin on the cover of Pottermore? Because he's in Fantastic Beasts. What? You're late. I'm late because um, uh, I've been listening to Hamilton. I don't no, know that's been this. way before Hamilton. Like, that was announced, like, a cool minute ago. I don't have that kind of memory. That's not a... Probably knew okay. about it and then didn't know. Anyway, um, there was, like, something... Okay, yeah. I was like, I knew I saw something about, um... Familiars. Mrs. Filch on, uh, Potter... Or Mrs. Filch. Mrs. Basically, Norris, but basically. Mrs. Norris on, um, Potter... Why is she Mrs.? Like, was, was there a Mr. Norris? Like, a cat named Mr. Norris? Because some people, like, name their cats like that. Like, I know a cat named Mrs. Pompadour after Madame de Pompadour from Doctor Who. I know who Madame, but she's not from Doctor Who. But, I mean, she is, but she's... She's a real person, too. Yeah, but, yeah. I was like... <laughs> but that's not why she the cat was named that. But, got it. It was because of Doctor Who? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was like, but... Okay, got it. That makes sense. And no, no, no. That's Just some random. people have... Weird names, but um, so yes, yeah, so Bayana like has wait, 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 wait. Bayana has looked up the article familiars on Pottermore. I was right about to say that. Continue. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna dive right in. No, I was right about to say. Um, she just doesn't let me do anything. She's like, oh, okay, let me just let me narrate what she's already gonna narrate. You just that's the second time in this episode. You talk to yourself and like do weird things, and I'm always like, huh? yeah, but no, but I have, but like. We're on the show. They can't see what I'm doing, so obviously I'm going to narrate it. Okay. Continue. Anyway, so I read this thing, like, hella long ago um, on Pottermore about familiars. Um, so I looked it up again because I remembered it mention- mentioning uh, Filch and Mrs. North. So, um, so familiars are animals that serve a witch in various ways, whether as servants, messengers, or even spies. Um, but... Um, Joe says that they don't, like, really exist within the world of Harry Potter. Um, though Mrs. Norris is the one, is the one animal that acts, like, the most like a traditional familiar. Um, and who belongs to Filch. The, like, it says, the castle's only non-magical inhabitant. Um, that's pretty much it. So, really, I think, maybe it's just, like, a, a way to, like, keep him connected to the magical world, Maybe. Maybe. I'm not totally sure, because it doesn't really explain it. I wonder, that has to be something that she's going to write about at some point. It reminds me of um, this moment in Hamilton, when after Hamilton gets married, and then Burr comes in, and they're like, and my favorite Lafayette goes, you are the worst, Burr. And Filch is the worst. Okay, I was like, where are you going with this? I had a point. Okay. It was circular, but I got there in the end. You did. This is um, Hamilton Appreciation Podcast. You should see the look she, she is giving me. Because, only because, okay, so I love Hamilton. I've been listening to Hamilton pretty much, that's all I've been listening to exclusively, and we were just listening to the first thing, but I also, in my brain, things have to make sense, 
And so it partly makes sense for this to happen, but I also feel like you're forcing it where it could just come up organically and it would fit, but then I kind of feel like you're forcing it. So then I'm like, where's where are you going? It's not a big deal. It's just how my brain is. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. I just say um, what's in the front of my head at all times. I know. And that's why I'm like, what? I don't, I don't understand. It's in my head. Um, okay, so anyway, um, this is a really short chapter, and <laughs> we're just, we are one page in. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so basically it talks about how Filch is, he's basically like, and Mrs. Norris mostly, like, Mrs. Norris spies on the kids for Filch so that Filch can get them in trouble, basically. Um, and I feel like a part of that, and it says, like, the students all hated him, and it was the dearest ambition of many to give Mrs. Norris a good kick. And I feel like, also, like you were saying, like, knowing that he's a squib, I'm sure, like, a part of his treatment of the kids um, is based on him being jealous and him, like, feeling left out and, like, not being able to get this magical education despite, like, being in this castle for however long he's been in the castle. Um, so I'm sure there's, like, some, like, insecurities and, like, him feeling bad about that, but then he's also just, like, sucks <laughs> and, like, really likes to punish kids. Yeah, he's, like, um, the very similar to the person this chapter is named after, just Salty. Yep. Salty AF. AF. Um, so, um, Filch knew about the secret passageways of the school better than anyone, perhaps, except perhaps the Weasley twins. And that, like, makes me really excited because I start to think about the the Marauders. Marauders. So I just needed to drop that in If she were to make the Marauders into a Broadway musical, I'd be totally cool with that, too. Yes. I'd be so ready for that. They'll tell the story of tonight. Raise a glass to the four of them. Tomorrow there'll be thinking, more of them. Actually, what I was th- I was actually thinking heck of randomly. I was like, who is who? But then I was, but then I was like, which who of the four are who in the Marauders? But then, no, 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 because there's already four without. Oh yeah. But then I was like, I don't want to make any of them Pettigrew because that would suck. Burr Pettigrew. But Burr isn't Hercules really Pettigrew. Hercules Mulligan. Is, uh, no, it's serious. It's serious. Um. No, Hamilton is no, Remus. No, Hamilton. No, 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 no. Hamilton is is Smart. James. Yeah, hot headed. Lor- John Lawrence is Remus. Okay. Hercules Mulligan is serious. Yeah, for sure. But then that leaves Lafayette. And but Lafayette like, is not Pettigrew. And I mean, Burr could be Pettigrew, I guess. Burr is totally Pettigrew. But but I he's feel not like a Burr is more. Yeah, and he's not like. He's not, he's not afraid. He's not fearful. I don't think any of them are Pettigrew. He could be Snape. He is fearful. He could be, he is, but like, it's a different, he's not pretending to be their homie. And then. He's scared of not being liked. Yeah. There's an argument. I'd rather be be divisive than indecisive. Drop the niceties. Like he might be, but he stands up for himself. Even though you don't know, like, even though he's very much like, like he doesn't put, like, he's really against like speaking, like, what your thoughts and, like, you know, whatever. Um, he's not afraid to, like, stand up to Yeah, them. he's not afraid to it's not. Yeah, he's not afraid to There leave. is no pedigree. There is it. no pedigree. Yeah. Like, so that just means but Joe. There is a, but there is a, a Remus and a James and a Sirius. So, Joe, you just have to make something that's not Hamilton, but very close to Hamilton, but, you know. It doesn't have to be close to Hamilton. It just needs to be a Broadway show. You really... <laughs> it doesn't have to be Hamilton... Light. 
the Marauders? No, just make a new show. Why don't you just ask Lim and yeah. to write it? Yeah. No, 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 no. Joe, you can write it, but Lynn will be your musical director and write the songs. Boom. Book by J.K. Rowling. Music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Let's move along. Bring me my Tony. <laughs> Robin is producing. And me. I just cast everyone. Fine. I guess. <laughs> but I'm getting up on stage to accept the award. Okay, that's fine. I don't really like stages, so that's cool. Neither do I. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't do a speech. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, where were we? We were at oh, the going. talking about the classes that they have. Yeah. Um, so what I love, actually, is that... Um, here, so it goes, and then once you manage to find them, being the, uh, like classes. the classes or the rooms, or like pretty much like finding your way around Hogwarts, um, there were the classes themselves. There was a lot more to magic, as Harry quickly found out, than waving your wand and saying a few funny words. So what I love about that, like, really short paragraph is that it's it's kind of reminds me of, like, high school and even college, where you get really excited because you're, like, going to a new school and you're, like, I'm now an adult. I'm, like, um, stepping into a new, like, stage in my life and this is going to be so exciting. And then you realize that you're still in school, so, like, there's still homework and there's still, like, things and responsibilities that you have. Um, which I'm sure it's also, yeah, it's also the same once you graduate and you're like, yay, I'm an adult. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm an adult. Um, so it's just like that. an interesting thing. I do um, that every day. Oh yeah, me too. Um, but it's also like learning is always fun. All the stuff that you're not going to get learning to know. Learning is fun, but school but, isn't. Yeah. And studying to learn, to, to keep all of that in your head and it's always, yeah, it's more work than you like to believe it is but these classes seem awesome lit, oh my god except for history of magic but we'll get there um so they have to look through the telescopes every wednesday at midnight and learn the names of different stars and the movements of the planets three times a week they have herbology with professor sprout a dumpy little witch and i don't know why but like i, I mean i do know why it's because of the movies but i'm like she ain't dumpy Man, Professor Sprout looked like she can handle herself, but then that's the movies. That's not this. Yeah. Um, and then um, History of Magic is the most boring class, the only one taught by a ghost. Professor Benz had been very old indeed when he had fallen asleep in front of the, in front of the staff room fire and got up the next morning to teach, leaving his body behind him. I think like, that's even so his funny. death was boring as fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, that could either be, like, really tight. Like, he was so committed to education, but it's really, like, he just didn't notice that he was dead. <laughs> That's, like... But don't you have to do something to become a ghost? So, like, he... Well, he probably didn't realize he was doing that. Because, yeah, it's, like, a thing. I think in Order of the Phoenix, they talk about it, and it's, like, you choose not to go. But I think he chose, but it was, like, in one of those ways where it's, like... I gotta go oh, to class. I gotta go to class. <laughs> it's not, like, I'm thinking about the fact that I'm dead. Like, does he even know he's dead? Does he know he's a ghost? I think he does now because he walks through walls and stuff. But I mean, so. like, yes, but also it seems like he just does that. Maybe he knows. I don't know. The thing that's really funny to me about History of Magic is that, like, it actually seems like it would be hella interesting. Yes. And, like, the little tidbits and, like, even just on Pottermore or, like, the little things that they talk about, um, like, just backstory in general is so interesting, but then it's taught by the most boring person ever, and that's so indicative of, like, History in general, which, again, we can connect that to Hamilton, because 
I don't care about, like, I would not, in school, didn't care about the founding fathers and what they were doing. I'm like, you're teaching this in a way that's stupid. I don't, I don't give a fuck. But then you actually, like, get it in a way that's palatable in a way that you want to, that is interesting and exciting. And then you're like, oh, wow, this story is actually tight. And I want to learn more about it. And now I'm on Wikipedia looking up Marquis de Lafayette for what? Like, I would never think to do that in otherwise. And Theodosia writes me a letter Right. So I'm just like, I yeah. don't understand. So it's just interesting how it's like subjects that that are actually like really rich and have like really dope information. It depends on, it really depends on how it's like Delivered. transferred. Yeah. Like how it's given to you. Yeah. I had a um, teacher. I had a a professor in college who got mad because people stopped going to the lectures, but we had a discussion session that wasn't taught by him. It's like, well, dude, all you do is read from the book, which we do. Right. So, so there's no point in being there. When people stop coming up to your class, maybe you should start to think about how you're teaching things. Yeah. When they're like, oh, I could just read the book and go to my discussion section and still only show up to class for the test and get good marks. Hmm. Hmm. That's the whole point of college is figure out how you can like bullshit your way through it and still get good grades. Yep. So. And I like how I just said Max. But also, <laughs> shout out to the alliteration, Emmerich the Evil and Eric the Oddball. Yep. Oh, love it. Great. Professor Flitwick, whose birthday it is today as we're taping, but not when you guys hear this. Um, happy birthday. He was the charms teacher. He was a tiny little wizard who had to stand on a pile of books to see his desk. People said that they thought he was part elf, but he actually just has goblin in his family. Um, so that's why he's small. And then we get a peek into Professor McGonagall's class. And Harry had been quite right to think she wasn't a teacher to cross. And I love the, like, perso- the, the characterization of McGonagall because she is totally that teacher that you both love and respect, and you are very excited to be in her class, but... You don't have to mess with her. You don't have to mess with her. Yeah, everything about McGonagall is tight. She's awesome. I love, she's like, Transfiguration is some of the most complex and dangerous magic you will learn at Hogwarts. Anyone messing around in my class will leave and not come back. You have been warned. (laughs) She just, like, leaves it at that. Yep, and then she changed her desk into a pig and was like, let's go. Right. And the good thing is, like, she has, like, arguably one of the most exciting classes, and she's like, nah, this is real life. Like, this is yeah. it. Like, it's exciting, but also, like, it's serious. Yeah, and, serious. Which is, like, which is true of, like, most of the classes, though. It's, like, they're very interesting and exciting, but you could potentially, like, if you're not paying attention, you could potentially die. Yeah. Basically. Or, like, you be can... stuck with, like, a tail or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and we get a peek at Hermione's um, prowess as a student and a witch. She was the only person to make any difference in her match during the first lesson, and it had gone all silver and pointy. She gave Hermione, and Professor McGonagall gave Hermione a rare smile, and it um, starts that... Uh, starts that... Starts Hermione's reputation. I'm struggling for words right now. Mm-hmm. Starts Hermione's reputation as being the brightest witch of her age and mm-hmm. how she you know she backs it up. So I mean it's one thing to be very studious. Books and cleverness, that's one thing. But she's able to like put that into practice. So I mean she is a very why are you looking at me like that? I'm not, I'm just I'm laughing, but I'm also biting my nail so it doesn't 
Okay. It doesn't work. Sorry. Um, yeah, so. Um, then yeah. we go into Defense Against the Dark Arts. Which is a bit of a joke. Which kind of sucks. Well, Quirrell is a bit of a joke. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, even the class, because if he's a joke, then nobody's paying attention, so they're not learning anything. Like, they literally only have two good teachers. <laughs> well, actually, well, oh, I think Snape was actually probably, because he actually knows things. Yeah. He had three good teachers. One of them was actually a Death Eater, and then, well, two of them technically were Death Eaters. Um, Sprout's a good teacher. Huh? No, no, no. For Defense for Oh, Defense, Defense Against the Dark Arts. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So they had three good teachers. One was awesome, one was a Death Eater, and one had a grudge against Harry, so he really couldn't learn anything anyway, because, like... And he was a Death Eater. And he was a Death Eater. They, two of them were Death Eaters. Dumbledore, really, that, that's a curse for real, man. Three of them were Death Eaters, because one of them was a Death Eater pretending to be a... Well, no, I was talking about of the people who were good, but then, of all of them, (laughs) half of them were Death Eaters. No, four out of three were Death Eaters, because when, um, in Deathly Hollow, or four out of three, wow. Four out of six. Four out of seven, counting Deathly Hollows, but it wasn't Defense Against Dark Arts anymore, it was just Dark Arts. Because the Karos. Because the Karos. Yeah. They really, like, that sucks, man. It's a good thing Remus was a good teacher because he, he, he taught them a lot. And they really, And he like, came at a good time. He third, did. Third year. They needed it. I mean, they needed they needed Barty Crouch, too, low-key, as Mad-Eye Moody because they really did learn a lot then, too. Yeah, I mean, but, there's, there's something to say about, you know, passion for your work. I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, so Quirrell um, his mostly they... Talk about um, his room smelling strongly of garlic, and he's very jumpy and skittish, which obviously he's got a dark wizard in the back of his head. Which I was going to say, apparently there's a funny smell that hangs around the turban. So the Weasleys are like, it's stuffed full of garlic. But what if it's just like his decaying flesh because he has, because he has like somebody else like taking over his body? Well, I was thinking about this, and um, Voldemort isn't there all the time because remember he runs into Harry in the forest as his corporeal self. No, I think that was that was Quirrell. Oh, it was Quirrell. Yeah, he's just in a hood and like he's he can't he can't tell. It's so Quirrell, Quirrell can fly because he's got. He wasn't flying. I thought he like swooped in at him. After re- well, we'll get there. You're, I was like, I think you might be thinking about the the movie the movie where he kind of glides weirdly. Mm. Okay, but I don't remember totally because you you could be right, but I don't remember. Yeah. But the other thing is that Quirrell was pretty much taken over, like, completely by Voldemort. Like, I'm sure Voldemort was able to, like, move his body and stuff. But I think by the time, once he's, like, attached to the back of his head, he's just attached. Like, he's still, like, a soul. He's not a... He, I don't think he has a body. No, I know he doesn't have a body, but I think... Um, he. I thought his soul was able to, like, kind of, like, leap onto other things. Um, so he doesn't know. stick Maybe. with Quirrell all the time, but Quirrell's his, like, main dude. I didn't I don't know that, but it, that could be true. But, yeah, I think, yeah. I um, so then we get to, um. Oh, so Harry, the, at the bottom of that page, um, whoa. So it says, Harry was very relieved to find out he wasn't miles behind everyone else. Lots of people had come from muggle families and, like him, hadn't had any idea that they were witches or and wizards. Um, there was so much to learn that even people like Ron didn't have much of a head start. Yeah, so this gets back to the point of J.K. saying that she thinks that there are, I mean, besides the 
main students that we hear about and then the um, secondary students, there are a lot more students um, that we don't know about. And I think she said she thought of Hogwarts as being like 900 or something. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, but yeah, she... It was like bigger, much bigger than it seems like. Yeah, much bigger than it seems. And I mean, that's kind of true of all schools. Like your school yeah. can be very like much larger, but your circle is such that it's, you know, you make it smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so we only see these students that, like, Harry interacts with, but um, I wonder about, like, that That sentence made me start to wonder about the percentages of muggle-borns, um, even people like Dean, who are half, well, but, I know don't, but grew up in the muggle world, or people like Harry, who right. are... He's half blood, um, but grew up in the in the Muggle world. But he wouldn't have been. I mean, he's a half blood, but if his parents hadn't died, he would have grown up fully immersed. He would have been like more like Ron than he would have been like Dean. Because well, it's the same if Dean's dad had died, he probably he would have known that he was a wizard early on and would have probably. But been no, because world. Dean's mom didn't know that his dad was a wizard. Yeah, but his dad, I think, pretty sure his dad was, like, we don't know if his dad was around or not before that, but I'm pretty sure his dad was, and then his, his dad, dad died, died from before, a death eater. Yeah, and that could have been before he was born. Yeah, but so, I'm sorry. I, um, I'm gonna need to know more about you before I'm pregnant with you. Like, where there's, there's a bit before the pregnancy of dating and things when you okay, could have been, like... Okay, but we've seen, like, so many, there are countless examples of families, Seamus, McGonagall, yeah. Remus. They don't like, tell until they get married. Right, or they don't tell until before. So, you know what I mean? There's plenty of times when that could have happened, but his dad went missing really early on, so he maybe just didn't have time to do that because he had to run away from some Death Eaters. Yeah, so, but so I'm, I'm saying, if he had been alive, I'm, I would like to think that he would have, like, been, you know, he would have been, it's not like he wasn't around because... He wasn't around. He wasn't around because he was dead. No, I know that, but I'm I'm also saying that we don't know if he would have been immersed in the magical world because there is there there are people that he, he may have been like both. He may have been in both, but yeah. he would have I he would have known more about the magic. Like he, he would have known, known that he's more. a wizard, and yes. he would have at least had some kind of he might he might have had like it might have been like a duality type thing, like yes. it was both worlds. Sure, but that doesn't mean that he wouldn't have known anything about the wizarding world even if he did even if his dad was alive like I feel like it would still be very similar to to like Harry I was just saying that because Lily is a, wi- a witch and James is a witch mm-hmm. there's or witch James is a wizard um but witch whatever I don't believe in genderizing things gendered terminology anyway Lily and James both are magical mm-hmm. so Harry would have been more steeped in the magical world, like the Weasleys where everyone in their family is magical or like Neville where everyone that he grew up with was magical. Then like Snape who came from a half blood family and went to school with Lily. I don't think he went to school with Lily though. Oh, they just were neighbors. They were neighbors. So, but then also that's a duality. If you want to, there's also Remus whose mother is a muggle, not muggle born. So, but but they lived in a, they lived in, like, a wizard, like, he they, was in a wizard. Like, I didn't think about that. I thought that that's a different thing to me because they lived 
completely secluded from the magical world and the muggle world no, because of what happened to Remus. Not completely secluded because he his father was still working at the Ministry of Magic. They were still living in, like, wizard towns because otherwise... Because, like, if they were living in a muggle town and, and Remus disappeared once a month, people wouldn't... Like, they might joke, oh, maybe he's a werewolf, but they don't believe in werewolves, so that wouldn't have been a problem. See, they should have um, just moved to a muggle town and also, chill. And then it's also... Um, the point of, like, up until Remus was four, they didn't have to move around. Yeah. So, she was still, they're still in, like, a wizard world. I feel like wizard, the wizards are the, are, in terms of, like, society, like, they're the dominant one. Like, they're, you marry a wizard, then you're living with the wizards. You're not living with the muggles. At least in, that may not be true, but that's what Hey, it like. guys, this sounds like something pretty awesome you might want to write about and then submit to Hogwarts BSU with the black char- main character or something. I'm just thinking. It just doesn't always out have ideas. to be. It just, could just be a debate. You can also just hashtag wizard team and tell yeah, us tell, ideas. Tell it doesn't us. all have to be in the form of a submission. It doesn't have to be, but it would be cool. But either yeah. way, I'm interested in this. Um, I think that this is something that we could talk about for much longer, but we should keep moving right. but we will table this discussion and get back to it because i think um it's interesting yeah it's very interesting um, because but, yeah if you have a, a wizard in your house or if you have a magic person in your house does that mean automatically your tv stops working and you don't have no electricity no, they use tv and they use they have radio they have that they have technology not they don't use the same technology yeah but, and they use some they use certain tech some of it they don't use because they don't need it yeah, but like, something they, about the internet like didn't work or something like that. I don't know. No, they would. They use the internet if they oh, okay. they don't use the internet because they don't need to, but they do like for curiosity purposes if they like have a computer or whatever. Um, shout out the technologies section on Pottermore. Um, it's like Hogwarts where tech where electricity doesn't work, where like it just because it's oh. so much magic happening that it doesn't work. But if you're just like in a house, it's not the same as like hundreds of kids learning how to. Shoot stars and things. Okay. Um, But anyway, back to that, like, little paragraph. Like, I just think it's, it's, like, cool to see that, like, you growing up in a muggle, and, like, or in a wizarding family doesn't necessarily mean that you have a head start. Um, Like, you do in some ways in terms of, like, culturally and... um, yeah, it's like culturally you you understand certain things, like certain things are normal to you, whereas like muggle-born or muggle-raised kids have to learn that culture in addition to learning how to um, do magic. But in terms of just the doing magic, it's not like they don't, the kid, the wizarding kids don't get wands earlier than the, muggle, the muggle-born kids. Um, they don't know spells. They can't do any mat like real substantial magic before that. They just grow up knowing that that's like what they're going into. And that's possible. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like what you said. What we talked about with Neville last week. I want to believe where Neville was saying like um, he didn't show magic until he was eight right. when he bounced, and that's still. And then for the next eight, nine, ten, eleven, three years. Uh-huh. He, they were still unsure if he had enough magic in him to get to Hogwarts. So it's not like, I mean, maybe if Ron had like a ton of magic in him, he could make certain things happen, but not enough to do a spell like a a spell that they're learning now about, like trans, like turning a, a match into a needle. Like he right. doesn't. I mean, he doesn't even have a wand, so yeah, he couldn't. I mean, maybe he like stole his somebody's Charlie's. Maybe yeah, but. 
Um, yeah, it's nice to. I mean, it's good. It's it's nice to know that Harry's fear of um, being so, so far behind is not realized. Yeah. Um. So Friday was important. They managed to get down to the Great Hall for breakfast without getting lost once. Which where are all of Ron's siblings helping him out, or the Gryffindors in general? Like, why aren't they just? Like, follow your fellow Gryffindors to the Great Hall. Well, maybe it just depends on, you know, people usually trickle down for breakfast. It's not like everyone goes at the same time. Like, if you just think about, like, college, like, yeah, you go, I mean, you have class whenever, but at whatever time you have it, but not everybody wakes up at the same time. Or, like, he could, they could ask Fred, but I'm sure Ron doesn't want to ask his brothers, like, how do I get to the Great Hall? True. Like, they would help, but they would make fun of him before that. We're all the way there. So they uh, find out they have double double potions with the Slytherins, um, which just both all that whole sentence sounds no terrible. No sounds horrible. That sounds like the like, worst time. You already ever. know that. Okay, so this is their first Friday of class. We have double potions with the Slytherins. Next uh, Friday, Friday. Next Friday, they're gonna be down at, at breakfast, being like, "Oh, we have double potions with the Slytherins." That sucks. On a Friday, oh, like it's gonna, it's literally gonna take them one week to just be like, what? Oh, why? That's the worst. Shout out to Joe for giving them the worst Friday ever in life. That's what happens when you are first year. It go firsties. Um. So yeah, so they're like Snape's head of Slytherin house. They say he always favors them. We'll be able to see if it's true. Um, and then Harry goes, "Wish McGonagall favored us." Um, and it says, Professor McGonagall was head of Gryffindor House, but they hadn't stopped her from giving them a huge pile of homework the day before. But she does favor you, Harry, because she favors your education. Shout out to McGonagall. Shout out to nerdy little Diana right there with that one. She favors your education. Um, okay. McGonagall doesn't discriminate. She takes and she takes and she takes and she keeps giving homework anyway. She educates and she educates. And she, and she educates. And if there's a reason you're still alive when so many around you have died. It's McGonagall's. Um, oh, I thought I heard something. It's <laughs> You just owe it all to McGonagall, basically. Yes. yes. Shout out to her. Um, okay, so then the mail arrives, which, okay, so I, usually I don't care. Like, it's so, I think it's dope that, like, the owls, like, come and, like, drop off the mail. But mm-hmm. then, this time, I was reminded of the Ministry of Magic and when they have the interdepartmental memos. Because. And then they start, yeah, because the owls make a mess. And I'm like, you really have owls flying over your food in the morning? That's not sanitary. Mm-mm. And I love the owls. They've been the real MVP for, like, a couple chapters. But that particular, like, thing doesn't seem right. Okay. Non-sequitur, but sequitur. I have a friend her name is Marissa. She went to Japan. She's a good friend. I was happy for her. Whatever. She went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Japan. But I was still happy for her. Whatever. <laughs> this bitch. Go send me a picture of a snowy owl. Because there is an owl forest in Japan. What? That you can just go... And you pet, there's owl cafes where you're just chilling with the owls. They're just there. What? Just chilling. Now I gotta go to Japan? Yep. 
But they have like nuclear waste, nuclear waste in their oceans. Yeah, like, well, they also but have, now I have owls. To go. I was gonna say now I have to go. They have owls where you can just hang out with them and while you get some coffee. Why don't I? So live in Marissa this place? said that the there was a barn owl that looked sad and sullen, and she felt like. They were, like, amazing, but she felt kind of bad. Like, look at us being humans, like, gawking at the owls. And I was like, well, actually, I kind of feel like the owls are like, look at these dumb humans. Like, I love that I get to work at the human farm where I just, like, the human forest where they just come in and they just, like, sit around looking all dumb. <laughs> and, like, there aren't they? Aren't they so precious? Right. Like, that's how I feel like that. that's what the owl, that, at least that was the owl who's the picture she sent me looked like to me. He was like. Bless your heart. <laughs> so I kind of feel like the way that Miss Norris is, that, as I said, all of my things, they, they go, it's a long circle, but I'll get back to it. Um, the way that Miss Norris is a familiar, and I feel like I'm like magical, the way that these owls are also magical, and they just know enough not to like drop. Thanks, yeah. But if, like, because they only come in, they have designated times. They like come in. And sh- like, I don't know. Yeah, but they come, in for, they come in for breakfast, and I think, do they that's, st- it. that's it. Everybody they just it. drop them all off at breakfast. Yeah. And they go back to the hour to go to sleep. So I feel like they're able to, like, keep it together for that one time. That, like, five-second drop-off. Yeah. And shout-out to Hedwig for just sometimes coming down and keeping Harry company and eating some of his she's porridge. So, she's so cute. She's like, you ain't got no mail, buddy. You know nobody loves you, but I love you. Let, let me, me nibble on your some, ear. Let me get some toast. Let me nibble on your ear and get some of this toast real quick. All right. Peace out. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but so this cute. morning, she drops a note on Harry's plate. See, that's what I mean. Just on the plate. Um, but I love you, Hedwig. Um, no shade at all. So this is a note from Hagrid. And it says, Dear Harry, I know you get Friday afternoons off. So would you like to come and have a cup of tea with me around three? I want to hear all about your first week. Send us an answer back with Hedwig. Hagrid. He's so cute. And then Harry goes... Yes, please. See you later. And then he just sends the note back. Which, does, I always wondered, does Hedwig then just fly from the Gryffindor table to the head table and drop it off? I mean, I'm oh, sure right. Hagrid's probably not there oh, at, that, right. at that time, but I'm just <laughs> I didn't like... I think about that. That's funny. Yeah. Like, Hedwig is like, really? Really? You want me to fly all this, all this way to the forest? <laughs> to the edge of the forest? Ooh. Right. I'm exhausted. But then again... I just know that she's like, oh, look at you, sending owls. Bless your heart. Right. Just walk over there, damn it. <laughs> um, so we um, finally get to this. This sentence is so messed up. At this or this little paragraph. At the start of the term banquet, Harry had gotten the idea that Professor Snape disliked him. By the end of his first lesson, his first potions lesson, he knew he'd been wrong. Snape didn't dislike Harry. He hated him. And it's like, how do you hate an 11 year old kid and how do you let him know that? In the first lesson! Meeting? What the heck? Snape like, is a problem. Problem. Like, literally, the first thing when he when he's taking a role, he pauses at Harry's name. Ah, yes. Harry Potter. Our new celebrity. Like, shut up. Actually, can we do that in a more Alan Rickman S? Can we, like, put it in the thing? I wonder if there's, like, an Alan Rickman. <laughs> There should be like an app be. where you just talk. You type it in, and, and then it comes and out it as comes Snape. Out as Alan Rickman's voice. Well, Alan Rickman as Snape. Harry Potter, our new celebrity. celebrity. 
Shout out to us. We did a good job. That was good. Was I that good? was. I think that was good. I think that was a good. Oh wait, I'm gonna Alan see Rickman. if this works. You gotta turn it up a little bit. I know. It's gonna be an ad. Yeah. We'll cut it out. It will be an ad because that's how YouTube does us. No, no. It's still not very loud. No, this is... Someone did this. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. Somebody did. That is that amazing. That was pause. I was like, wait. We need to... Shout out to Kyle the Jester on YouTube. Because our new celebrity, that is a good job. All the hand claps. Standing it's, li- it's like... It's 32 it's like seconds. 32 seconds of him just pausing in between <laughs> new and celebrity. That's amazing. All right. Um, <laughs> super random. I'm probably going to cut a big chunk of that out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay, anyway. So, that's, like, the only good thing about this part is that I, like, read it in Alan Rickman's voice. Because I've always said, and I've said it, like, a bunch of times already, is that the best thing about Snape is Alan Rickman. The so, only good thing about Snape. Not the best thing. The only, only good thing because, positive. Because all of this is ridiculous. Like, he... Um, well, again, so I like, I really like his, um, his monologue where he says, um, you are here to learn the subtle science and exact art of potion making. You're not saying it in Alan's voice. I I'm can't, and I'm just going to say what he says because I, I don't want to ruin it. Um, so then he says, as there is little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. I don't expect you will really understand the beauty of the soft simmering cauldron with its shimmering fumes. The delicate power of liquids that creep through human veins, bewitching the mind, ensnaring the senses. I can teach you how to bottle fame, brew gr- glory, even stopper death. If you aren't a, a big, a, if you aren't as big a bunch of dunderheads as I usually have to teach, which but is like, like that was a beautiful monologue, and then you had to just go, and, and ruins go me. and get salty, and like bless Hermione's heart. She's on the edge of her seat, looking desperate to start proving that she wasn't a dunderhead. We know Hermione. Which is, yeah, bless her. Um, Potter, what would I get if I added powdered root of asphodel to an infusion of wormwood? Why? Why are you asking him? So we you all know, know, know. We all know that. Um, our, I'm sure you've all seen or have heard about the fact that, like, this is basically like apparently like asphodel is something. At the point of this whole thing, if you break down all the words and the meanings, is like. I'm really I'm sorry to hear about Lily's death or something because you. I feel like people just like they they but, forced all that. But they're forcing they're just, that. They're just, people, they're just the Snape people, Snape stands basically. Who were just yeah. Like, he's so great because he really loved Lily. Like no, he's a creepy ass stalker who's bullying her son because he looks like his father. Like just shut up. Right. He's 11 years old. He just got here. So he's been dealing with muggles for his entire life, and you know literally all of these things. It's your fault that his parents are dead. And then you're over here bullying him when he literally just gets into the class. There's no reason for that. Okay, so before Bayana went on on her feelings, as you should. I'm not (laughs) not denying your feelings. They're valid as fuck. But I was going to say. Sorry. It just happened. I know. (laughs) But what I was going to say, it mirrors what you just Mm -hmm. said. But, okay. Snape stands. So we're supposed to believe that it's so nice that his first words to Harry were, I'm sorry to hear about Lily's death or whatever. But if 
it took you guys 10 years to decipher that trite that nonsense like that's what he said he's ele- he's 11 and that's not what he said he said potter what would i get if i added powdered root of acetyl to an infusion of wormwood and then followed up with Fame clearly isn't everything. And like, it's just like, dude. What is your problem? This is not James Potter. This is not Sirius Black. Like, you're not 15 again. You're a grown-ass grown man. man. You're a grown-ass man. Like, you've had 10 years since Lily died. So that's like 15 years since you've been in school? 13 years since you've been in school with me? And... 15 years since she was been talking to you. Because she stopped talking to you when you were 15. So, bruh, you've been... You're 30 years old. Leave us little kid alone. Thank like, you. Like, if you can't hold... If you can't keep your feelings about your this kid's dead parents, who it is your fault that they're dead? You can't... If you can't keep that out of your classroom, then you shouldn't be teaching. Not at all. And... Also, there has to be wizarding therapists, but if not, there are some muggle therapists. Like, go fix that shit and don't take it out on him. And then there's, like, Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle are laughing. Like, you're literally humiliating this little boy. And then you are allowing them to bully him and bully other people. Like, like everything about you is fucked. You're you're over here quizzing him for no reason and then go, thought you wouldn't open a book before coming. And it's like, really... He's gonna remember everything from the one thousand magical herbs and fungi. Nah, and he's like nobody. He had looked through his books at the Dursleys, but did Snape expect him to remember everything? Like no, you didn't expect anyone else. You're not asking anyone. Not asking anyone else. And shout out to Harry. Yeah, talking about I don't know. I think Hermione does though. Why don't you ask her? Like thank you, Harry, because this is some bullshit like and then and then and then you're gonna take a point away from gryffindor house for his cheek he wouldn't need to be cheeky if you leave him the fuck alone you get literally like antagonized you bullied him into the corner in order to take a point away which this is like kind of side like the beginning of this is they take so they take and give so little so few points like soon it's like 50 points and like 100 (laughs) points like hell but he's like one point that's like I think that also, like, the older you get, the more points you get taken away. Because if you're a third year, you should know by now. So then it's, like, 20 points. I don't know. One point just seems so, like, cute. (laughs) It's just, like, you got one point. Oh, that's cute. Great. Oh, isn't that special? Whatever. But But still, in terms of, like, the overall, the the principle of it is, like, no, you don't, you shouldn't be taking a point from him. You're probably. And then later, and then later, when Neville messes up his potion... Snape, like, first of all, goes straight, like, snaps on him, and and then, um, as soon as he tells Seamus to send Neville to the hospital wing, turns on Harry. Why didn't you tell him not to add the quills? Thought he'd make you look good if he got it wrong, did you? That's another point you lost for Gryffindor. Why weren't you watching what Neville was doing? Why weren't you helping? Why weren't you teaching, doing your damn job? Thank you. Do your damn job, Snape. Leave your little feelings... Uh, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in potion making is the what fuck? she meant to say. Go away. Well, you can't go away because you're the teacher. But be a fucking no, teacher. No, go away. Get somebody else. Like, <laughs> Dumbledore, man. With his ulterior motives. Again, Dumbledore with his ulterior motives. And like, oh, Snape is no longer with Voldemort and he's my spy. Blah, blah, blah. He's bullying kids. He shouldn't be a teacher. 
put leave him and Spinners in, and when Voldemort comes back, you can send him right back to the Death Eaters to do his little job for you, but he does not need a job at Hogwarts if he can't keep his feelings in check. Diana has, like, she got into it, and I feel bad because I have, like, all of the feelings about Snape, but I feel like I can't match it right now. Um, I can't match that level. Um, but I do feel like this chapter sets off all of my feelings about Snape and then my conflicting feelings about Dumbledore, which is Dumbledore, you know, we are pretty hard on him and we will continue to be hard on him. He's a very interesting character. He's not all good. He's not all bad. I don't want you guys to think that we think that he's all bad, but you can't pull aside this dude and be like, bruh, calm the fuck down on the 11 year old. And this also just keeps escalating. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm about to spoil your shit for you. <laughs> With the fact that as soon as they know that Voldemort knows he can tap into Harry's mind and Snape is for charged with, to give him occlumency lessons. Dumbledore? Why? Because Dumbledore probably thought he's selfish this could be this man would be mature enough to keep his goddamn feelings in but check. But you should know that from four years of him teaching you just basic-ass potions, not even anything that has to do with getting into your mind, you're then going to put Snape into this little boy's mind? Really? Do you but, do, like, do you do, like, end-of-the-year evaluations? <laughs> like, no, y'all don't do that at Hogwarts. You don't have, like, you don't, you know, like, in Order of the Phoenix, like, or Umbridge comes and, like, sits and inspects the classes and that was some bullshit but y'all don't like do peer reviews and like come and sit in each other's classes like people do in regular ass classes like in high school and college there's never those awkward moments where like professor mcgonagall sitting in the back of the class like doing a checklist Dumbledore doesn't read those he probably is on his best behavior those days or they come when it's not Gryffindor Dumbledore knows Dumbledore knows everything I know but also before she got in her feelings again I was about to get deep in my I'm feelings. Sorry. It's okay. But I just have, I have things I need to get out too. I know, I know you do. I'm and here is my thing. Because you know about this thing. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker killed Sirius. You killed him. Because you didn't do your goddamn job. Which was to teach Harry how to keep Voldemort out of his fucking head. And when Harry turned the tables on you and went into your head and saw how fucking salty you are because you can't get over something that happened before Harry, Harry had nothing to do with that. He wasn't even thought of. His parents didn't even like each other. Yeah. You couldn't get over some shit that happened to you in high school and you kicked him out. And so you didn't teach him what he needed. He needed to be taught. Harry deserves some blame because God damn it. You had a two way mirror. But whatever. But he didn't kill Sirius. That was all Snape. Snape. But. Snape allowed Voldemort to get in the position to kill Sirius. For for Belichick to kill Sirius. All of that shit leads back to Snape. And it starts here. No, it starts when he freaking tells Voldemort about Lily and James about the prophecy. That's that too. Ugh. Anyway, let's go to happier things, like when Harry and Ron go and visit Hagrid. Yay! Yay, Hagrid! Woo! Um, so, at five to three, they left the castle and made their way across the grounds. Hagrid lived in a small wooden house at the edge of the Forbidden Forest. A crossbow and a pair of galoshes were outside the front door. 
Um, oh, we meet Fang. We meet Fang. Harry knocked in there with booming barks, and then Hagrid's voice rang out saying, Back, Fang. Back. Hagrid's big hairy face appeared in the crack and pulled the door open, and he's pushing Fang back, struggling to keep a hold of the collar of the enormous black boar head. Um, as soon as they get inside, Hagrid says, make yourselves at home, let's go Fang, and Fang bounds straight at Ron and starts licking his ears. And mm-hmm. like Hagrid, Fang was clearly not as fierce as he looked. I love that. So cute. So cute, but also like, this is like the thing where we talk about how Harry Potter makes people better, because this is like telling you, like people, don't judge people by their looks, you don't know like, who they are, you know, some people look gross and dirty and smell like old shoes, and they are that, Snape, with your dusty ass, but some people look big and fierce and scary, and they're but, the sweetest people ever, and they give the best hugs, and they lick your ears if they're a boarhead <laughs> hound, yeah, if they're a dog, <laughs> if they're a person and they lick your ears, you might, you might want to think about that, rethink that relationship, rethink that relationship, unless it's consensual, unless you, like, unless that's, like, the you know. I mean, yeah, if you're in that, like, but bounce, if you're just wow, homies, wow mood. But if you're just homies, that's weird. Yeah, you're just saying what up, and the dude bounds at you and licks your ears. You might want to be like, <laughs> um, let's have, let's sit down and have a talk about boundaries. <laughs> okay. Um, so Harry introduces, um, Ron to Hagrid, and he says, another Weasley, eh? I spent half my life chasing your twin brothers away from the forest, which is like, I love Fred and George. But they're not even in this that much. They just get references, and they're awesome. They're all the their references are awesome. But also, I'm still waiting for someone to write this fanfic. Y'all, get on it. How's your brother Charlie? I liked him a lot. Great with animals. Yeah, Charlie really like is not. He's not anywhere. But you skipped something. But even still, I did. But I didn't mean to. But but it's no, because, but that's how it's true. Because it's like a Weasley thing that makes. Yeah, sense. I just. Yeah. Um, so now we can go back and talk about well, Harry recapping. To... <laughs> yeah. Harry recaps the, the week. Um, Hagrid gives him some great advice, calling Filch an old git that makes him happy, but then also just, you know, talks about how he'd like to introduce Fang to Mrs. Norris sometime. <laughs> um, but when Harry tells Hagrid about Snape, Hagrid told Harry not to worry about it, and Snape hardly liked anyone, and it wasn't personal, but you know, like... Right, because there's a part, Harry couldn't help thinking that Hagrid didn't quite meet his eyes when he said that, because Hagrid knows, Hagrid knows that Snape was a Death Eater, Hagrid knows, he, I'm pretty, he was probably caretaker when they were in school, and so he knows about that whole, like... Dichotomy, yeah, dynamic. Yeah, rivalry, and like, enemy type thing. But I also think, too, so there's something to... to personal. There's something to adults being like, Oh, he's just right. He's and it's salty like, oh, to let's everyone. Not, it's all the other things. Like, but let's like, not talk about this around kids because kids don't understand. What yeah, I'm and like, also like he probably Hagrid doesn't probably understand oh. how terrible Snape is. Right, that's true. That's true. And kids know. I'm sorry. Like we can. I hung out with a three year old all day today. She's I hang a problem. Three year old every day, pretty much, but, except for like every once in a while, like. Like Saturday. today. Like today when she hangs out with me. Yep. Yay. Um, but, but that's been three years of her life, so. Yeah. My life, too. Yeah. But anyway, there are times when that three-year-old, what are we call him, Aminata, <laughs> will just say something and you're like, damn, son, so you you caught all that. Bruh, she be saying stuff. You and you're like, like, oh, so you caught 
all of that. Dang, so yeah. everything that we were, we were all over here whispering and doing like little sign language and you were just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, clocked it, got you. They know. And they know as early as three. And so an 11-year-old damn sure knows that like, no, this isn't some dude just being like mean. And this isn't just some dude with an attitude. Like he does not like me. Right. He singled me out. Right. And then it's also like, He's, he's, Snape is rude to everyone except for the Slytherins, but he's still, yeah, again, he's not singling out Hermione, although, actually, now that I think about it, so, like, he bullies Harry and he bullies Neville, but mm-hmm. he also bullies Hermione in a way because he does. It's, it's in the opposite way, whereas, like, he demands that Harry knows things that he shouldn't know. He, like, deliberately ignores Hermione and, like, deliberately antagonizes her to the point, or, like, ignores her to the point where she feels like she has to, like, jump in or, like... And also, he, if we want to talk about the when he takes over um, Remus's class, right? And she answers a question, he takes he points away and calls her a, an insufferable know-it-all. Which, which is like you're a teacher again. You're asking a question. Somebody has the answer. You let them answer the damn question. It's like we're not even on prison asking man, but I hate. I just I hate it. But, yeah, and, like, granted, yeah, you want to teach her, like, you can't just go around, like, hopping in and saying everything and you don't raise your hand and all that stuff. Well, she's raising her hand. Her but, hand was raised the entire yes, time. Yes, but he ignored her, um, which is its own issue. I mean, but, yeah, so he he's, he's, he's a terrible person. All right. We're going to get away from Snape. Um, Harry um, notices. Um, the Daily Prophet, and it talks about the break-in. Um that happened and Harry sees that it happened on his birthday, which was also the same day that he and um, Hagrid went to Diagon Alley. Had that awesome day um, full of just magic, magic and, and wonderfowlness and, owls and leaving the Dursleys on that rock. And without, <laughs> without any way to get back. <laughs> um, they hitchhiked back. They made it work. Somehow they made it work because they were back, but they, yeah, they were abandoned, which is awesome. They totally deserve it. Um, <laughs> the, he learns the vault that was searched had been emptied that exact same day. Um, and so Harry kind of, this is kind of like the beginning of Harry being like, you know, he's really curious. He's nosy. Um, and he's really intuitive and like clever. So he can put two and two together. He's yeah. like, so I'm this pretty is, this sure is that's the vault, vault that, that we, we were, were in. Yeah. This is the transition between Harry being curious because like a, 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 justifiable curiousness of like what is all of this and what is everything to like a very pointed Hagrid clearly doesn't want to talk about this clearly something that you shouldn't think too much about um and yes that that is something that like is in human nature if we say don't look over there the first thing that you do is look over there but it has become this is when his curiousness becomes pathological (laughs) yeah oh my goodness yes yeah. Because Half-Blood Prince, he kills me with his whole, like, stalking of Draco. That Ooh. shit makes me so angry. Because I'm like, dude, go live your life. Just go live, live your, your life. life. <laughs> that was a throwback. You. I know, and it wasn't Hamilton. I was going to go on some take a break. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> Run away <laughs> with me. Go, Let's go, go to your Quidditch game. Stop. Like, I don't even know how to sing that. Just go to your Quidditch game. There's a hut I know. <laughs> Take a break. Um, so Harry goes, Hagrid, that Gringotts break-in happened on my birthday. It might have happened while we were there. And he notices that Hagrid, like, doesn't meet his eyes at all. Um, 
And so, so Harry, like, takes that to mean, like, yeah, there was something that happened. Um, and then they leave. Um, pockets weighed down with the rock cakes, which, like, break your teeth, basically. Um, but they'd be, t- they'd been too polite to turn, to turn them down. Um, and Harry thinks about all of that, all of his lessons combined were not, was not nearly as, uh, I messed up holding up. Mm-hmm. Harry thought that none of the lessons he had so far had given him as much to think about as his tea with Hagrid. Had Hagrid collected that package just in time? Where was it now? And did Hagrid know something about Snape he didn't want to tell Harry? Yes, he does. He definitely knows something about Snape. The where was it now is the only thing where I'm like, that's really not any of your business. I know you're going to make it your business, but it's not your business. And And that's like like the very clear, like, Harry walks the fine line like, throughout all of these books, between learning, like, trying to figure out things that have nothing to do with him, and trying to find out things that do have things to do. I mean, like, I mean, I guess eventually, like, when he finally gets to Sorcerer's Stone, he finds out it's really Voldemort, it does have to do with him, but all that initial stuff is really not your business. And it also goes, this is the first time that we see that Harry jumps to conclusions, and he also does a lot of things to make, to make facts or make things fit his worldview so Snape is mean to him Hagrid knows something about Snape that he doesn't want Harry to know ipso facto Snape has stolen the stone right a Snape is the one that broke into Gringotts right, he's a bad guy you're right because all those questions are together but they're not necessarily connected but he does end up connecting he them. connects them the same with uh, Draco or he's, he's right about overall about what Draco's doing right. in Half-Blood Prince but he just takes it to yeah. he's act, the funny thing about that one is that he's actually right, but then he just takes it to a whole other level where he's like uh, he becomes obsessed to the point where you're like Harry, you really gotta calm down. Like he yeah. is literally like people are like you may be right, but but also there are other things to worry about. Like we and have either way, lives. and even but even if you're right, that still doesn't excuse your behavior right, right now, and you still can't we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Especially Septimsimpera. That's that is my least favorite chapter. I already know because I hate reading that chapter. It's so sad. It's really sad. Um, this chapter is really short, and that was the end. Yes. Lots so those questions. Who's um, your real MVP? My real MVP of this chapter is Harry, um, which is a similar reason for why for like who's benched. Um, I feel like so part of it is like shout out to him and Ron for getting through Hogwarts and not like getting swallowed up by some like wall that isn't really a door or some shit. Um, in their so first week. in their first week. Um, also, he yeah, it's just like you know that's a lot to take in to be going to a different school on top of it being a magical school on top of him just finding out that magic exists and that he has magic. Um, so I feel like he did a really good job for this week. Um, and then also had to endure Severus Snape. So shout out to Harry. I think you're the real MVP of this chapter. My real MVP of this chapter is Hagrid. Um, you know, he came in clutch at the end of the week to give them a little break. And, you know, you know, he got to get his right hand man back. You know, you got to get your right hand man back. So he had some tea with his right hand <laughs> man, Harry. I thought wrong. Oh, okay. Other way around. Other way around. Harry's right hand man. Harry is Hagrid's right hand man. That's and right. also, like, I mean, the rock cakes weren't good and they couldn't eat them, but, you know, shout out to you for cooking rock cakes and, you know, giving them some tea and giving them, you know, a little homey feel and a break. 
So that was my MVP. I just thought that Hagrid was was super sweet and nice and clutch. Yep. Okay. So who's bench? Snape. Snape. There really isn't anyone else to bench in this chapter. Like, also, it doesn't matter if they added what comes. You know, if they added Draco more in this chapter, or even if Vernon shows up. Right. Snape is bench. Yeah. He's a grown man. You are a grown had man. You 15 years. He is an 11 year old child. About your dead, like, crush and her and your, like, enemy. You're They're still dead. They've been dead for 10 years. Get over You're it. You're thirsty for someone who died a decade ago and who told you 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, that, that she didn't mess with you anymore and that, and. You're mad because this is some, like, dumbass friend zone type stuff that doesn't exist where you're just salty because she didn't like you. She she you, she thought you were a great friend and you should have just left it at that instead of getting to the point where you're selling them out so they die and then bullying her son. Really? Really? So I just want to say that there is this um, little-known section of the castle um, it houses the Hogwarts guidance counselor. Her name is Yama Van Zandt. Nope. And I'm rejecting this. This better not show up in a submission to Hogwarts BSU. I'm ooh, rejecting please. it. I'm rejecting I'm it. I'm writing it. I'm rejecting it. You can write it. I'm rejecting I'm it. I'm posting it. It's anyway. not going up. Hijacking it. I just want to say, I'm the, just like, for the record, I'm the project manager. You can put it up. I'm just going to take it out. If you put it in in our in our drive, I'm gonna just put it in the trash. <laughs> just let I'm gonna you just, know. I'm gonna just put it up on Tumblr because I own that space. You can put it on Tumblr, and you can say this is from Robin Jordan, but it it's her- not a part of Hogwarts BSU. It, We're not I'm, having a Yama Van Zant. But the pathology, no, of a fatherless child. Hell no. Nah. Bullying a fatherless child. Hell, Snape had a father. But he, I don't care. Anyway, Snape. He's a problem. Your problem, go seek therapy. Maybe go to your local Maybe Hogwarts. you shouldn't always say what you believe. How about you just, like, shut that down? That's why you got bit by a snake. Talk less. And smile, maybe, smile, smile more, more. But only if you brush your teeth and you, like, wash your hair. And, like, get some basic hygiene skills. Why do you not know how to wash your hair? You're a grown man. You're 30 years old. The heck? So many feelings from Bayana. All right, guys, this was a fun one. Um, make sure to follow us and check out our blog, blackgirlsnerdout.com. Um, next week, we will be discussing Chapter 9, The Midnight Duel. Um, make sure to read and follow along if you want to join the conversation on Twitter um, and our snake bashing. Um, you can do so at hashtag wizardteam. Or you can also tag us at We Black and Nerds, um, and we will respond. Also, we were talking about something earlier in this chapter. Oh, it was about, like, muggle-borns and, like, half-bloods yes. and stuff. If you have, like, any insight on that, feel free to, like, respond to that as well. Or, like, anything else we say in this. Or anything that pops into your head. If yeah, you want to talk Potter, we want to talk Potter with you. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. So, hashtag Wither Team. Any Potter-related anything, if you have theories, if you have feelings, we have so many feelings about this chapter in particular, but the series as a whole. Um, So if you want to talk Potter, we are there for you. 
We are there on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team. We are there on Facebook, Black Girls Nerd Out. We are there on Tumblr, Black Girls Nerd Out. We're there on Instagram, Black Girls Nerd Out. Somewhere else we're there. I think I got them all. I think that's it. Yeah, but if if you want us to Shoot, get on, if you want to go in the comments on blackgirlsnetout.com, we'll talk about you it there. Do it. If you want us to Snapchat, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how to live We're that not life. I'm do old. A Snapchat. I'm old, but I'll try. I I tried Snapchat. I didn't really mess with it. Yeah, she much. made me download it, and I was like, I'm too old for this. I really only made you download it so that I could send you a picture. Tardises. Yeah, I was like. I'm going to take a picture of something random, and then I'm going to draw a TARDIS, and that was it. But I'm just saying, if you want, you know, to send a carrier pigeon or send us an owl, just send us an owl. We'll talk Potter in any medium that you want to talk Potter. You can also email us. You can do that. gmail.com. We'll talk Potter there. We'll talk Potter over email. Let's do it. DMs. If, I mean. I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah. We are Potterheads through and through. Oh my god, that rhymes. Oh, good job. I'm so fucking good poetic. Job. Lynn, Manuel, Miranda, if you yeah. need someone to help you with that next that play, Marauders. that next show, I'm here for you, buddy. Marauders. The original Broadway musical. Oh my god, what we yes. Let's do it. We definitely need to do that. I still want the books because I like to read, but if I could just listen to, to it and just music... That would be really great, too. How does a werewolf dog, son of a doe and a rat, grow up to be the bestest of the best? I don't got that kind of skill. I'm going to stop this recording now because, oh, I've messed up my favorite Hamilton show. Bye, guys. (laughs)